Well, I know we're at the end, but can I steal a little bit more of your time? When we talk yeah. about the B-sides, or the unreleased stuff. Oh, yeah. There's actually only one B-side, and a couple of other, like, tracks that came out uh, spontaneously in a couple years after the fact. I always consider right. them being recorded around the Bedtime Stories era, or perhaps during the same session, but I don't, I don't know for a fact, and I want someone to correct me if I'm wrong. One was, the, the first song was Let Down Your Guard, and that was a B-side to like one of the European singles of Secret. Right. I, I like the song. It's a, it's a great, um, I think it could have fit on the album. I agree. It has that same sort of vibe. Yeah. It, and she's using that voice again, that human nature inside of me yeah. type yeah. voice. Um, and then later in 2004, we get a song called Your Honesty because that yeah. showed up on Remix and Revisited. And I think the intention of that was supposed to be on this 2004 unreleased box set. Like there was supposed to be some yes. like career retrospective box set that never saw the light of day. Um, but I think this was going to be used on that, but then they ended up just putting it on this. It doesn't fit on Remix and Revisited, I don't think, but I'm actually glad no. we got it. I agree. I think Carice Henry, her assistant at the time, was like, oh, I found this track from the Bedtime Stories era, and so we put it on this, um, you know, on the album. But you're right, it doesn't it doesn't fit at all. But then Remix and Revisited was a strange sort of... It felt like an afterthought, kind of anyway. Throw yeah. away, yeah. But that song was really... Um, it was it was a brand it was new for us for fans yeah. so it was great i never even it was never even like you know over the years for discussion boards and people talk about like what's been registered in the 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 library of congress right and this song for me was never on my radar like not even the title so um right. it was interesting to actually hear something that was not really intended for release and wasn't even well, from my perspective, wasn't even registered with the Library of Congress. So um, right. I thought that was good that we got that, even though it was years later, like what, 10 years later? Um, yeah, yeah. But some other songs that came out, like there's a song called Freedom, which is on a soundtrack called Carnival. Um, yeah, it was like a rainforest yeah. benefit. And that came maybe, out in 97, yeah. but the recording yeah. of this song sounded like Bedtime Stories era. Yeah, it had that like dun 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 Yeah, it was a real it was a real sort of funky. Um, I mean, it doesn't really it's it's more like a demo, really. Um, like it feels like almost like an unfinished sort of idea, right. um, a, a, but a good idea, you know, that just hadn't really been workshopped entirely. But I but I like freedom. I think it's I think it's kind of cool. Do you think it was recorded during bedtime story era? I, uh, I think so. It has kind of that sound, doesn't it? That's that's why it, that's my take on it because it's. Well, yeah. I'm also looking at the fact that like it's ninety, it's 1997 when this when this album came out for Carnival, um, and so all we have to go on, all I have to go on is, I know it wasn't recorded for Evita. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it would have been recorded for something to remember, so. Right. 
the only thing that really fits in the way that she's singing it sounds like it would have been from Bedtime Stories era. Right, and it's the same vocal right. quality as Bedtime yeah. Stories. Um, and then she she did a song in 96, which I do think was recorded separately. I don't. I wouldn't consider it part of Bedtime Stories, but I want to talk about it now because I don't want to talk about it when I talk about Avita. but um, Guilty by Association with her, her yeah. brother-in-law, Joe Henry, who yeah. also wrote um don't tell me and yeah. jump yeah um well it was and it's a vic chestnut song right because it was all song so like vic this Ch- this whole sweet relief too or whatever were all vic chestnut songs right yeah yeah and i think i don't remember i think i think that um joe henry um like was was supposed to do it and thought it would be a great idea to get Madonna involved with it and you know because you know they're yeah. they're in laws and everything. I, I I like it. I think it's a pretty um it's an understated vocal by Madonna and it's um it's it almost feels like she's not taking the lead on the song, which is right. nice. You know, every once in a while it's nice to say, oh, like like you know, like, oh, there's my friend. She's She just came into the room. You know it's what I mean? It's almost like, like Christina Aguilera's contribu- uh, contribution to um, the that song. The Maroon... Oh, Say, say something. something. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like yeah. that, where just, it's like, it's she doesn't have the lead vocal. She doesn't even have a verse. She's just singing background, and it kind of supports this existing vocal that's already there. Um and I I like the way she sings it, and I like the harmonies that they create, like for the chorus. I agree. And I, I think agree. she said I, she I in the I believe it was in a Kurt Loder interview when she was doing Evita, um, she had said that it was like at Thanksgiving or Christmas or or something when they were all gathered together, where he asked her, or maybe it was like a dinner at her sister's, where he's like, "Hey, I have this song. Would you want to sing on it?" Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad she did. I think it was. I think it's an excellent addition to her catalog. Yeah, and I always so when I use my iPod because some stuff is not on streaming, but when I had my iPod and I put things like together, I I put my own playlist together, so to speak. So for something to remember album, I would always include this as like a bonus track on my something to yeah. remember playlist. Yeah. Oh yeah, it fits for sure. Um, and then she did this poem reading, uh, for Il Postino. That's right. And, That's right. um, it was for a movie, but the movie was just like, I guess, I guess it was just all like poems. Be- uh, the soundtrack was just like poems being read by a bunch of people. And it, I find it very funny because the, the way the track order goes is Andy Garcia reads a poem, William Defoe reads a poem, and then Madonna reads a poem. It was like a body of evidence reunion. <laughs> isn't that funny and i i imagine they all showed up at the studio together and they're like oh hey and then randomly just say body of evidence quotes like yes frank that's what i do i fuck like between right, takes like, have, you animals? have you ever seen animals you love frank it's intense <laughs> even though none of that happened i'm sure none of that happened and they didn't even show up at the the same studio at the same time but i just no, like <laughs> <laughs> um but the, 
hilarious. One of the, the main tracks I wanted to talk about that has been leaked, um, because I believe it was a song that was intended for Bedtime Stories or whatever that next record was going to be before she even started working with these other producers, was Love Won't Wait, which became yeah. a song that Gary Barlow did. And it was a yeah. hit, right? Like in the UK. Yeah. And Stupid American Me. I didn't know it was like really a hit over there. I knew that he recorded the song and everything, but I didn't know like how how big it actually was. Well, first of all, I love Gary Barlow. I think that he's got a beautiful voice and I think he did a tremendous job on this song. Um yeah, no, I mean cuz it wasn't a thing here. I mean the you know, the only hit that they had over here where we would have heard his voice was take I that back. Uh, back for good. I want you back yeah. And but his he is actually an, a tremendous songwriter himself. But he sang he sang the shit out of this song. I mean, it was really "Love Won't Wait" is great. I mean, I love Madonna's demo of it, um, but I also love his version. And then there was a remix of his version, which is a great dance track. And um, I don't know. I think it does really like when you hear it and you say, "Oh, this was a song she wrote it with Shep, right?" Right. It made me kind of wish that we'd gotten that album with Shep because I think. That was a song, Love Won't Wait is a song that had a beautiful melody. Um, it was like had a dance, it was very dancey. And I, I don't know, I really love the song and I love Gary Barlow's version of it. So I, I yeah, and I would, I would assume that if it was a hit for him, there's no question in my mind that it would have been a hit for Madonna, even if it was only overseas. Yeah. The thing is, the thing is in 19, and this is so worth, if there are any like younger people listening to this podcast, that it's important to note that back at back at that time in the mid nineties, you couldn't just release like one song and just like put it on Spotify and let people stream it. Like if it were today, Madonna would probably be like, yeah, I recorded this song. Let me just put it out and people can stream it. And she would, you know, that would be, it could be a hit that way with streams. But back then you had to like, you know, the record company had to actually put it out. They had to market it. They had to like press it and put it in the stores in like a, cd so right it wasn't worth unless you had something really to promote they weren't going to do that it, i mean it would have to be on bedtime stories it would have or it had to be on an album and you know they weren't going to put all that effort it um, would be very rare for someone to just put out a single just a single right. with with nothing attaching to it like a whole album or like a song on a soundtrack like that's how music was released back then right it, it had to be somehow associated with an, some sort of album Project. full of tracks yeah. because that's how they made their money. Like, yeah, I'm going to promote this one. The record company is going to promote this one single so that they could sell the album, which would make them more money. Right. Or like it would be a movie theme song or something right. like that, you know, but then you have the, then you have a whole soundtrack of, it, it, of right. That they're going to sell right. kind of like what they did with the, um, Oh gosh, they did it with so many movies like City of Angels yeah. and um, Batman Returns, or not Batman Returns, Batman Forever, or right. something like. Or, yeah. or you have like Titanic, which just had the Celine Dion song on it, but right. because that hit the zeitgeist, you know, it sold you know so many copies. And I think um, that song, even though it was released as a, I don't even know, I guess it was released as a single. I mean, I'm, it was, yeah, yeah. It, and it had a dance remix and everything. Right. Oh wow, I have to listen to that. Um, <laughs> it had a dance remix. It had the the Jack the, and Rose um, vocal. The, yes. <laughs> and let go, Jack. I'll never let go. And then she lets go. Come on, Kate. <laughs> he could have fit on that door. I, um. And, well, the thing I is, love, like, I love that movie. By the way, I love it. 
Yeah. Oh, same. I we were just I was just talking about that with some friends the other day. Is like we we I saw it twice in the theater, um, and have probably seen it multiple times at home. Even though it's one of the longest movies in history until the Marvel movies came out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and and of course, like I don't really hold a grudge, but I I I give Selena a hard time because she, um, she took up the the two spots that prevented Madonna from being number one when Ray of Light came out because yeah. it was always, it was always Celine Dion. Let's talk about love or Titanic. Right. They always like switched positions one and two, but Madonna, when her album Ray of Light was released, it was number three. Well, that's okay. Damn it, Celine. That's all right. You know, because it's still a classic album and Celine's great. So yeah, but for how long, like that album was like number one for over a year. It was, yeah. Like never, never got a break. Yeah, but no, I was. mean, good for Celine. Good for, but um, but but the but back to the point though. Yeah, she, sorry. <laughs> she um, like that was a song that was you know even though it was like the only song on that soundtrack that had a vocal, it was still connected to that project, and it will you know like so it was the songs had to be connected to something, and Madonna would not have been able to put "Love Won't Wait." As great as it was, like it would have to be on an album or like, yeah. you know, or it would have had to be like, she could have released that on Remixed and Revisited too. Like that would have been a good song to polish it up, yep. put it on there. Um, you know, actually, so would a lot of those other Freedom would have been another thing that she could have done that too. Um, although mm-hmm. it had already been released, so it didn't need right. to be, you know, I think, I think that, um, you know, I will say that Madonna one day when she, you know, when, when one day when she's no longer with us, and I don't even want to think about that day, but when she's no longer with us, then people will start releasing, you know, gobs of unreleased tracks of hers, the record companies to make money. And she will, um, and people will say, wow, she's got so many good songs that she never put out because she and, has been very prolific and recorded a lot of music. Yeah. And that's why, like, um, I wish she would do that now. Like, I wish she would. I wish she would embrace her catalog, even if you don't give us like unreleased stuff. At least give us. I know she's doing that now with, I guess, starting to to come up with these deluxe editions now that she's back with Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, but if it's just gonna be on streaming, I'm okay with it because I don't have high expectations anymore anyway. Right. But I wish they would be physical releases, like what Prince Estate has done with his stuff. It's like that's what I want to see from a Madonna release. Yeah, I agree. Except, you know how expen- how much money I'll spend on all that stuff. So, well, exactly. I mean, hey, I bought like six copies of Madame X. And, I know. I know. You know, I I don't even listen to the physical copies. I only listen to the streaming yeah. because I'm not pulling out my CDs anymore. Or, no, or, exactly. You know, necessarily pulling out the vinyl to listen to it. And but I still bought like I bought the CD version, the deluxe CD version, the cassette, the. 3,000 different editions of the vinyl that came out. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so... So the, so then the question is, for like a record company or for Madonna, like, is it worth... I mean, are there enough people like you and I yes. out there that will buy it, that it makes it worth the cost of packaging these items physically yes. and selling them? I mean, like, I don't... 100%, because yeah. if they can sell three magazines for $400... Oh my gosh, I know. Then they could sell a limited... They could make a limited number of editions available. Is that... You know, like, maybe, maybe it's like, maybe it's like 5,000 copies of, you know, a, a box set of, of, like, a prayer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... I'm only going to release 5,000 copies, and once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. But I'll still put it on streaming, 
but I'm selling this special limited edition for, you know, $200, I'll still buy it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what, that's what like huge fans will do. Right. You just put a limited, you just say we're exactly, you just put a limited amount out and then when they're gone, that's it. So do it, Madonna, do it. Come on, Madonna. (laughs) Um, The last thing I wanted to say about uh, Love Won't Wait is, you know, like when I hear it, I hear, um, it reminds me of Stop from the Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. And I know that that was like a big song. And I'm like, Madonna could have done this and and put this out. And then it would just would have looked like the Spice Girls were copying her. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And I feel like that that could have been a, like a really cool opportunity for her to put out this song in oh, yeah. some form. Maybe it was just on – it could have been used for like a movie. It could have been. It could have been. And just when you were saying that, it just made me think about, you know, this this whole conversation about bedtime stories. It's so interesting that it's from a very um, American perspective because it would yes. be, it, it's it, somebody doing this podcast, having, a, having someone in the UK or Europe would have a very different – it'd be so interesting to talk to somebody over there about their opinion of this time and Madonna because over there it was a time of oasis and blur and – um, but Madonna, you know, again, the big hits from this album over there were um, Bedtime Story and Human Nature. So it would have been interesting, you know, to it'd be interesting to hear yeah. that sort of, you know, people that were living that experience um, with the same songs, the same music. Yeah, fascinating. Sure. But it, what it means is that Madonna has had such this this amazing prolific career that has, um, you know, it 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 affects people in different ways, but all over the world. So, you know, I mean, and that's, that's the sign of an artist, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after almost three hours, (laughs) which I knew this would happen. It happens every single time. So I should just start telling people, yeah, it's going to be a three hour conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I can get it done in an hour. And then sometimes it's just like, wow. Okay. Um, but no, thank you for spending the extra time with me to talk about these bonus tracks. Uh, it's been very fun. I'm going to have a, a hell of a good time editing this yeah. uh, to see how many episodes I'm going to create out of it. Right. The more episodes, the better, I say. Totally. Honestly. Absolutely. And listen, I will come back and talk about Madonna anytime you want me to talk about Madonna. Oh, well, I appreciate that because I will probably take you up on that. Yeah, I have so much to say. And you know, maybe it's not a great idea for you and I to do a hard candy episode together because it will be a downer. Um, but certainly any other album. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to find a fan that like loves that album that just wants to argue with me about it. Like that's what I want the episode to be. I want someone to just like fight me yeah. on, you know, supporting hard candy and, and tell that- me it's the best album ever and defend it. Yeah, well, if you find that person, you have both of us on, and the two of us will <laughs> explain to that person while they're wrong. Okay, bully so. them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, well, I, I have a very, um, I have a very juxtaposed view on that. Madonna's favorite word, juxtaposition. Yes. I but I, I honestly think that like it was, it was very pivotal in her career to have that album out. Yeah. Now, yeah. I personally don't like it, but I also think it was a very smart decision. Okay, but look. That album. And I will talk about that when Hard Candy comes. But here's the thing. If Madam X can go on for two and a half years, then Confessions, <laughs> then confessions could have gone on for that long as well. Well, if Madonna, you know, wasn't, didn't require herself to be in the editing room. Yeah. 
things could have gotten edited and and put out faster. During but COVID, she likes yeah. she likes to put her hands in the pot. And yeah, she does. Stir it up. She so does. she does. I'm looking forward to see what's next. Honestly, I know. I, know. I hope we get a big dance record. I just need to dance. Because I need to, because because this girl needs to burn off some calories, you yes. know. I want a good dance record, but I don't want an overproduced dance record, which I yeah. feel like we've gotten since MDNA. Well, she needs to figure out. She needs to work with you know one or two writers, writers and one or two. T- I I liked the reason why I like Confessions is because it's it's primarily Hurt and Stuart Price, right? Like, right. That was right. That's why it kind of didn't feel overproduced because. She only had like one producer on it, right? Um, or you know, she might have one or two others, but it wasn't like there's 15 writers and right. like all these different layers of different. Like, I don't want that. I just want, I just want like, I just want to see Madonna. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they arrested Bobby Brown for fucking on stage. <laughs> what's consi- What's considered masturbation when you stick when your hand in the crotch? <laughs> It all comes back to that, doesn't it? To, it all comes back yeah. to masturbation. You know, we you have to go back when you edit and see if we've said fuck 14 times because, you know, we have to. Oh, hold on. Fuck, 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 I think I just said it more than 14 times. Okay, well then, you know. We beat her. We beat her. Say goodbye.